This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. What's going on, Destination Debbie fam? You know who it is. It's your host of this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie. And I am excited, excited because today we get to hear from the man himself. I'm just calling him like the OG. He may not be the OG, but damn it, he is leading the wave of this campus to Canton movement. This guy is all over the place dropping hot fire. And I'm telling you, I talked about it last episode. I talked about it a million episodes ago. The more you know about incoming rookies, the the players who are going to be eligible in 2022, 2023, the better you are able to position your dynasty teams to be successful in the short term and the long term. And let me let me tell you something. You don't have to watch every college football game. You don't have to be on 24-7 sports. You don't have to be in the Debbie Digest, the Debbie this, the Debbie that, the college that. You just need to find the right people and pay attention to the resources that will have you prepared for your rookie drafts, have you prepared for your Debbie drafts. And let me tell you, you damn sure need to be prepared for Campus to Canton drafts because we are going five, six, seven hundred players deep, depending on if you're in a, a, a Campus to Canton startup with IDP players. So there is a lot of information, but it's so much fun. And I've got my man Brian Chacoches on today to talk to you about Campus to Canton Leagues. What is it? How does it differ from Debbie? Different strategies. He dropped some bombs in here where I'm like, whoa, didn't know that. Let me write this name down. Let me keep my eye on this player. And entering this space where everything is just so uncertain because of COVID, man, having people like him drop knowledge and just sort of share their thoughts on how they approach these type of drafts, thoughts on some of these incoming 2021 players, 2022 guys, it's invaluable. Make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at Dynasty Tools and check out his podcast, the Dynasty Tools podcast, everywhere you can listen to podcasts at. This show, dude, this show is all about you because I, I feel like, and I, I, I feel like you are like leading this campus to Canton charge, man. Like, <laughs> like seriously. And, you know, I, I told my patrons, man, I was like, Shaq's, his, his, his rules, like your, just your, your template of how to run it was just so thorough, so complete. I mean, it's just, it set the blueprint for us, man. So uh, to have the the C2C OG, that's what I, I don't know who's, (laughs) who's, do you know who started or who the first person to kind of do this was? I have no clue. I don't. And I wish I did. I would give him a giant pat on the back for just creating something beautiful because it's it's just awesome man i mean i know i know i know uh you know scott fish is the is like yep. the the 
the Debbie inventor. So yep. he, he's the dude there. But I don't know who put this twist on it, but it's brilliant. It's like my favorite thing. For people who listen to Destination Debbie, it's a lot of it's a lot of rookie talk. That's you know, it's a right. lot of rookie talk. And then, you know, during the season I kind of hit on the highlight college players and whatnot. Yeah. But this campus to Canton format, man, I, I just think it's 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 a whole new way to fantasy, man. And I think awesome. if 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 people, even if the casual dynasty leaguer, right? Like yeah. it, what I tell people all the time, man, is is this is dynasty is chess, not checkers. Like the yeah. more you know about these guys, about Jared exactly. Patterson, about Tutu Atwell, like when you know about them, even if you're not watching college football religiously on Saturdays, mm-hmm. during your NFL season, man, you can start thinking and, and strategically planning, like, okay. This squad is probably not going to win the championship in my in, in, in my fantasy championship, but I know that Devonta Smith is coming out in 2021. Right. I know there's a good chance Rashad Bateman's coming out. Like you can start to be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead while my league mates are preparing for their fantasy playoffs. Let me go ahead and start acquiring some of these 2021 picks. Oh. Shit, yep. you know, uh, 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 Kyle Trask looked like he he popped towards the end of last season. He might yep. be one of those fringy round one, round two quarterbacks. Let me start acquiring some of these picks. I mean, when you're when you're talking about campus to can Lee Shaq, just just tell me what do you why why are they why why is this format starting to become so popular? Why do so many people want to get in these leagues? And just your opinion on campus to Canton-style leagues. For me, here's the thing with with campus to Canton, right? This is the way I put it. I came up with this metaphor recently. Debbie is like going to the library to reserve a library book about roller coasters. Okay, okay. And campus to Canton is getting to ride the damn roller coaster. Right? Like, which do you want to do? Do you want to go reserve a library book about roller coasters or do you want to go ride the damn coaster? I want to get in line, man. I want to go ride the damn coaster. So, like, C2C is everything we love about Debbie, but it's deeper and it's more fun because we get to use those players, right? We don't just have to wait for them. Like, like if I had to explain to someone uh, that that didn't understand what Debbie was. If I had to explain to them, right? Like I, I used use this uh, explanation recently too. Like if I had to explain to my mother what a Debbie league was, uh, and I'd be like, "Yeah, and I got Brees Hall, and he's gonna be, you know, in the NFL in like two years." She'd be like, "Oh, great, honey. That's <laughs> that sounds awesome for you in two years." You know right, what I mean? Right, like, right. C to C, like, you get to use them now, man. You get to use them all the way through. Because you know what? We, history is littered with all these prospects who things didn't work out for them. And heaven forbid, like, you don't want to put it out there. But just, like, people have injuries. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. surefire prospects that we all believed in. And, and they had these terrible career-ending injuries or whatever. You know what? If you're going to have a guy for three years... And heaven forbid something happens to him right at the end of his college career. Like, at least you got to use him throughout that time in college and have a blast with him and maybe win a title with him. So for those people who are new to this to this format, new to this type of league structure, Campus to Canton, you actually play a, co- a fantasy season on the collegiate side, am I correct? A full season like like you would on the NFL side. Full season. So for, for the people who aren't familiar with it, yeah, you, you have you have two teams in two connected leagues. Like you're in a college league and you're in a, an NFL league. And you play a, a college fantasy football season. You put in a lineup every single week. And if you you know, if you make the playoffs, you go to the playoffs. If you win all your games, you could win a title. Now it doesn't generally pay as much as the NFL title, because the NFL is the big leagues, of course. So the big leagues are gonna pay a little more. But when your college players are done with college and they go, presumably, hopefully, for you to the NFL, they go right to your NFL team. So in that NFL league, your rookies come and they just jump right onto your team. They go on your taxi squad and you're good to go. And you promote them as they're ready to get promoted and you use them and and you got them because you've had them all along. So that's really the, the, the crux of it. 
And there's something satisfying, right, about getting sure. that incoming freshman and knowing that Rondell Moore is going to be a star. And I got him as a true freshman, and I held him for three years. And when he's inevitably drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, I've got him. There's something, there's something satisfying about that scouting process, isn't there? Absolutely. Like identifying guys like early on, being able to pick up, uh, pick them up, especially when you do like the, the summertime uh, fresh incoming freshman drafts and all that stuff. When you got those guys coming in and you you're like, I had this dude from day one. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. That, there's a lot of satis- <laughs> satisfaction to that when you had him all along, like you were eyeballing him. You're like, he's a target in my draft. Like I knew this dude was going to be legit. So here's what the naysayers are going to say, all right? So I, I, I want you to think about your counter to this. What they're going to say is, I, I think you'll have people that fall on one or two sides of this coin. One is, in which I, I understand it. Here's the thing, man. Not everybody went to college. And I don't think that, like, who cares? Some people, college isn't for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, some people didn't go to school, didn't go to college. And because of that, they have no vested interest in a collegiate team. So a lot of people that I hear that don't watch college football, they're like, I don't have a team. I don't watch college football. I didn't go to college. So I'll I'll just worry about them when they get to the the NFL. So you're going to have people that fall on that side of the coin that have no vested interest in a college team. So why the hell should I pay attention now? And then you'll also have those people who say, well, doesn't that water down what we get so excited for on the dynasty side, which is rookie draft season, if you've already got Jamar Chase and Rondell Moore and Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence, if you've already got those guys rostered, doesn't that take away sort of the enjoyment and the fun of the NFL side? What would you say to those people who fall on one of those two sides of the coin? All right, well, there's, there's really two things there, right? So the, the first one to me, all I can tell you is I live in a Boston area and we are a pro sports town all the way. So there's not, there's not really a, a giant following for like Boston college football. It's like pretty notorious, frankly. And so I can just tell you, if I had to choose a team to say that's my team, I guess I'd say BC because they're in Boston. But I, it's not like a deep rooted thing that I'm rooting for them. Right. So for me, I am a bit of a self-admitted, I would say I'm just a, a, a football fan. So I, I would, like, I was joking with one of the guys the other day in a group chat. I was like, yeah, I, I would just call myself a, just sort of like a, a college football slot. Like, I'm just, I, I don't have any <laughs> allegiance. I don't have any relationship to anyone. I'm just, like, going around and, and following the action and, and, and rooting for it as it comes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think you have to be, like, rooted to a team to right. absolutely love this format. There's no – that's far from uh, anything that anybody needs to really enjoy it. And as for does it water it down, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's just making a, a switch to, like, what do you love? Like, we love rookie draft season. Like, you still get rookie draft season. Like, in the summertime, you get – to have all the excitement of getting all these incoming guys in. I know that you're not, if, you, if you're listening and you're new to it, I know that doesn't make sense to you right now because you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know all these guys coming in as incoming freshmen right now. But I'm telling you, you do a little research. It seems really overwhelming and it's not. It's really not. You just need to know the resources. And like, there's people out there, like I, I've, I've tried to like, put some things out there i did a video recently just doing like a whole team breakdown like these were my thoughts going through all 45 rounds of a draft and like here was some of my strategy thoughts here was some of the ways i approached it right like here was some of the resources i used this this uh, the content is coming out more and more from a lot of us in this uh, in this space um of, of different podcasts and things like that man i mean we're, we're trying to get out there and promote this format because it's so golden man it's awesome it's the best and you know you just do some research you look up you know the you know 24 7 sports and all yep. the different ways they're going to be able to lead you in the right direction and you know you, you find out who these players are and you start looking up their film on huddle and everything else and it's yep. weird but it's a blast 
And and what I tell people is, and and I say the same thing about myself, man. There are there are some really brilliant minds in this Devi college football space, man. The resources are out there, and. Yes, I want people to subscribe to Destination Devi. I want people to check out my content. I want people to join the Patreon. But there are other resources out there. And what I tell people is use it all, man. Don't just take my word as Bible. Listen to you, Jared Wackerly, the things that are going on uh, across the the space. I can just rattle, and I don't want to... I don't want to name names because I don't want to exclude anybody, but there are some fantastic people doing some great things to bring Devi and this Campus to Canton format to the forefront. So what I tell people is, if you want to do this, you don't have to know every name. You don't have to, you know, dig into 600 prospects because, damn it, I can't dig into 600 prospects. But between myself and you and other people in this community – there's more than enough resources available for you to get the appropriate information to be able to enter one of these drafts. And I mean, it's, it is diving off the deep end. You just got to dive in, try it out. And I've learned so much from my first year participating in a C2C league. And I, I, I feel like I'm a better C2C uh, dynasty owner this year than I was last year. So the resources are available. But you talked about strategy and the things that you've been doing. And let me tell you something, man. I'm saying this publicly. We kind of talked about it off air. Who, If if the, the originator of Campus to Canton Leagues listens to this show, please hit me up and tell me because I'm telling you, I, Shaq is – this dude is doing the Lord's work when it comes to campus to Canton leads, dude. I mean, you are fantastic. I tried to copy you and run through my C2C draft, and by the eighth round, I was like, screw this. I'm not, I'm not tweeting shit out anymore because nobody even knows who the hell I'm tweeting about, and it's just like I'm flooding people's timelines. So you were that irritant, but we appreciate you for the work that you did because taking – Taking the people through your thought process of each pick in 45 rounds. Guys, Mm. I am in a C2C league right now, 14-team league, 14 teams times 45 rounds. Just do the math on how many freaking players we're drafting. By the time we get to the 18th round, we're all throwing darts at that point. But it's fun, man. So when you talk about some things that you – can you just tell the people some things – We'll get into strategy in a second, but just some things that you've noticed in, in your time in participating in these leagues and how much better you've gotten from your first C2C draft to now. Absolutely. I mean, I have gotten so much better in C2C. Almost every draft I do, I feel like I'm learning more. I'm getting better, right? Like I, I felt like, here and there, just like any of us, like I, I felt like, you know, recently I had one draft. I didn't love my results. I think they're okay, but I didn't love them. But then I really looked back and, and sort of rebooted my strategy a little bit. And then I felt like my results in the next draft I did were, I was super happy with it. So, we'll, you know, remains to be seen if it's all going to pan out in the end. But look, the, the, the things that I've noticed in terms of like, some of the different trends and things like that. Um, if people are, are looking for certain things, I think you, and you touched on it a little bit, like all the things that you can learn about, like the group of five, like this stuff helps me get better in every single one of my leagues, no matter what the format is. Mm. Like it helps me in all my leagues yeah. because I'm learning about all these guys so early. Like I'm learning them. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? I've never heard of him. Who is he? He's from Kent State. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> now I'm looking up the golden flashes. I want to find out who's this guy. He just kicked my ass. I would have won if not for him this week. Right. And so and, and I'm learning about all these guys so early. You know, in C to C drafts, you see power five guys, rightfully so. They go they go early a lot. Right? That's natural. And then a lot of the group of five guys, they'll go later. Because they're going to be the guys that are going to build a lot of depth on your roster so that you can have, you know, competent starting lineups. You know, even if they're not NFL prospects, they're still going to put up some nice numbers for you that are going to help you from a fantasy football sense. But the thing that I one of my things I I like to point to is the fact that uh, two to three 
of the top 12 NFL fantasy football performers at every position last year came from non-Power 5 schools. Now, think whoa. about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Run that back again. Say that again. Yes, sir. Say yes, that sir. again. The top 12 fantasy football performers in the NFL at every position. This, that's, that's QB1s, RB1s, wide receiver ones, tight end ones. There's only 12 of them. Right. Two to three of those at every single position last year came from non-Power 5 schools. So you got to know them. Damn. Gotta know and, how and, to and, and, and for those of you out there, non-Power 5, the Power 5 schools, we're talking about the SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10, and the ACC. So that's your, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your Florida States, right. your USC's. You know, that, those are, so what he's saying is two to three top 12 fantasy scores last year at each position did not come from one of those, those major Power 5 schools. Am I correct? That is right. You had, you had Carson Wentz and Josh Allen, a quarterback. You had Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler, at running back. Cooper Cup, Julian Edelman, and Kenny Galladay, a wide receiver. Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby, and Dallas Goddard at tight end. Okay. Drop a, a bomb lot. Drop a bomb on my head because I did not know that. And we there is no show sheet here. I, I, I truly feel like some of the best conversation just happens from talking football organically right. we ain't running this is, i did not know that 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 is in a very interesting stat and it's indicative of football man if you're good they will find you anywhere you know we are yeah. we are entering uh, this 2021 draft we're probably going to see another fcs division one double a formerly one double a player in trey lance being taken i'm going to be conservative and say top 20 in the nfl draft and that's being extremely conservative so if you're good they will find you the nfl will identify you and for for that stat to come out i mean that even more of a reason why we should be paying attention to those people who follow debbie and work in this campus the can space and shaq to be honest with you man i think c2c a year or two from now, there's going. If somebody isn't developing C2C ADP, it's a missed opportunity. I think Bro. that is a gold mine, man. Bro, I just came out with it today. I just updated my sheet. Go to my Twitter, look it up. I just published it. Um, I did one a little while back, and I and then I added a couple drafts to it. It is the most ridiculously time-intensive, cumbersome workflow, uh, the, the hideousness of the, the tedious prospect of just manually adding all these things to the spreadsheet oh. and, and organizing it. But it's a spreadsheet, and it has over 800 names from 500, uh, I mean, from uh, all these different drafts. If we talk like this, 540 players drafted in a 45-round draft, and they're all tracked and it's there's an ADP out there, man. I just felt like it was a tool that was missing in the space, and so even though it was going to take a ridiculous amount of time and effort to put together, I threw it out there. I tweeted it out. Uh, if you check it out at Dynasty Tools, um, it's sitting there. You can fire it up. It's a view-only file, but you just do file, make a copy on the Google spreadsheet, and now you got it. You can now play around with all the different all the different uh, data sets and and do what you want with it suited to your needs. That is fantastic. Did not know that, man. I, man, I've been chasing around a nine-month-old and a three-year-old all day today. Yeah, man. right. So it, it, there, there has been minimal fantasy uh, consumption or content producing by me today. But please, at Dynasty Tools, check that out. C2C ADP from the man himself. But let's let's dive into this topic real quick i promise you guys we're going to get into strategy but we kind of talked about this before the show 2021 college football season i am of the believer that i don't think it's going to happen this fall and if they try i just i don't know how it's going to finish i hope it does i hope i am so wrong about this because i tell people all the time if i had to choose uh 
between collegiate football and the pro side, I would watch college football all day. Like, give me college football over pro football. I mean, I was fortunate enough to play a little bit of college ball. I work at a college institution. I've been around college football my entire life. I just love everything, the atmosphere, going to college games. I love college football. So I really do hope that we have a season this fall. But if we don't, if we don't, I am of the believer that the top prospects in the 2021 class will not play. If the season is pushed back into the spring, I cannot foresee Trevor Lawrence and, and Travis Etienne and Justin Fields and all these players risking significant injury right before NFL draft season. I just do not see a world in which that happens. Where, where do you fall with a, a, a season and B, if we do have a season that's modified to the spring, are these guys going to play? I think a lot of the top ones probably won't. I mean, I, I think if you got to, at some point, you're going to make a business decision, right? And there's a lot of factors that are going to go in there. And I can't blame a single guy who decides not to play as a business decision, right? I mean, everyone says you got to be cutthroat in business. And then, you know, when someone makes a business decision in sports, People act like it's a big deal and it's a problem and want to take it personally. I mean, it, look, I mean, these guys, they have a, a lot riding on, you know, the draft. And to uh, to put themselves at risk unnecessarily, I can't blame them if they decide not to do that. And I agree. I don't think – I think there's going to be a, a bunch that don't. Now, how many should sit and how many will sit could be a whole different discussion altogether, right? I mean – there's only going to be 32 first round draft picks. Right. Right. So, you know, I mean, are you guaranteed to be a first round draft pick? Then sure. Sit it out. If you're not guaranteed to be a first round draft pick, you could work yourself up from wherever you are. And so that, that's really the thing. And, you know, there's a lot of parents and friends and, you know, you know, uncle, uncle Chucky or whatever, who's going <laughs> to tell you that you're a first round draft pick, man. But, right. You got you to gotta have an honest eval on that to, yeah. to really know that it's the right move. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code DEVI or DealDash.FM forward slash DEVI. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M forward slash DEVI. So here's, here's something I thought about, and I think I said this on the last show. But in college sports, not just college football, there's something known as the acclimation period where you have to have X number of practices prior to collegiate competition. So at, at universities, these kids go on winter break, you know, early to mid-December. It's winter break, and they don't come back until right before, it's right before or right after MLK Day. So if college football is pushed back to the spring, if for some reason these, these institutions say, okay, we're going to kick off the season the second week after the semester starts, and we want you to report to, to winter camp, you know, the last week right after Christmas. You get a couple of days for Christmas break, and then you're back. So think about this, Brian. They will be playing in, in full-fledged football mode from December of 2020, and then you've got your college season in 2021, and that would go from January to March. And then you've got the NFL draft in April, May. Then you've got rookie o to rookie mini camp, OTAs, training camp, the summer of 2021. Then you have your NFL season, fall of 2021. And for some of those rookies who end up on teams that make the playoffs, they will be playing football into 2022. So then essentially they will have been in football training mode from December of 2020 until January or February of 2022, straight through no breaks. I don't see those guys playing 
in January, if the season is pushed to the spring, the toll and the taxation on their body is ridiculous. And let me tell you something. College athletes, any athlete, college athlete, high school athlete, professional, they are creatures of habit. Everything that their body has been accustomed to doing has been flipped upside down. No spring ball, no summer camps, like train, you know, fall camp is going to be mod every no season in the fall. Everything that their bodies have been built in condition for will have flipped upside down. I I just like you said, how many of them? Who knows? And of course, we'll have some who believe they're first round picks and we're looking at them like, dude, you know you're a fourth round pick that decided to sit out. But for those top guys, ETN, not I just can't see. Chuba Hubbard looking at his situation and saying, do I really want Mike Gundy to give me 400 touches right before I declare for the NFL draft? I just don't see it, man. Yeah. And I, I think when, especially when you break it down like that, it's really, it's really well stated and well laid out. And I think people need to understand and remember just how much punishment a football season entails. Like there's a reason that this game only gets played once a week. Think of every other sport. No other sports yeah. like that. Yeah. You only play once a week because you get in multiple car accidents for three hours. And yep. that's what you do to your body for three hours. And that's a lot to recover from, you know. And and, and there was something today uh, on The Athletic about, like, what would you change about the NFL? And, and one of the agents was, was saying, Thursday football, get rid of it. He was like, the, all the players talk about how there's just not enough time to recover. And so that's... You know, it's just brutal. another example of many. Like you need the time to recover and to do that to your body. Like you say, great example with Chuba Hobbit. All the touches that dude is high volume for the Cowboys, and you know they're gonna ride him like crazy if they have a season, whether it's in the fall or in the spring. And look, if he's putting himself through that, he's inherently not gonna be nearly as ready for his employer when he actually has a damn employer. Because yep. he doesn't in college. That's the reality. Yep. And he's got a job waiting for him in the NFL. So that's another yep. factor. Well, let's let's dive into C2C and, and talk some strategy here. And, you know, we're both in multiple campus to Canton format leagues. And I'm pretty sure that we've built our rosters completely different each time that we've done it, whether that's things we learn or different things you want to try out. So I'm just going to lay out a couple of different strategies here. Some... Some things that I've seen, I see people try to build a balanced college team. They want a good quarterback. They want to get a solid running back, wide receiver. You, you see teams build, you know, just, just very diverse rosters. Like, you know, they got a little bit of everything. You see some teams completely punt a position and load up on whether that's quarterbacks, whether that's wide receivers, whether that's running backs, whether that's tight ends. And then you see some teams, which let, let me tell you guys something. There's a big difference between college fantasy football and then players who are actually going to be good in the NFL. And I had to learn that the hard way my first year playing college fantasy. Some of the scores, the top scores in college fantasy football are not the best NFL prospects. Let me just say that again, that when you, when you, when you go to fan tracks and you look at like the top scores, I see some people just drafting those players, top scores, top scores, top scores. Some of those cats have absolutely zero shot at being a consistent, let alone a marginal fantasy score at the NFL level. So there are a lots of different uh, things going on on the collegiate side of a campus to Canton startup. So for you, what type of strategy do you uh, deploy more often than not when you're doing your startup draft? My general strategy that I like to use, I like to think of a C2C draft in three stages, right? Like on the, on the college side of things. Um, on the college side, I, I think a stage one as I want to pick the best NFL prospects regardless of position until I can't, right? Okay. Like who are the best NFL prospects? And I don't care what position they are. I want the best NFL prospect available and I'm grabbing them regardless. Okay. Where he's at, right? And then once I feel like I've kind of gotten to a point, with, whether that's six, seven rounds, whatever it is, where I, where I feel like, all right, I'm not 100% sure that these are rock-solid NFL 
prospects. I'll sort of enter stage two at that point. And I think a stage two as where I pivot to picking the best potential NFL prospects, but I am going to have a slight eye on a team build. Like I'm going to allow positional depth needs to be like a tiebreaker on any decisions, things like that. Right. And Mm -hmm. then eventually deeper into the draft, I'll enter that stage three where it becomes building a team, right? Where I do need to be able to develop positional depth, but I'm still going to try to keep an eye where I can on, you know, as a tiebreaker, like which one of these dudes has a more reasonable NFL dot throw potential, Right. right? Like those are kind of like the three stages that I think of. Uh, just as a general framework of the draft. But I do really feel like it, it has three different stages to it. Well, I left out another another drafter that, that you see quite a bit, and that's the grab all the incoming freshmen guy, right? You see, you see some teams taking incoming freshmen, and we'll, we'll use some names like a Bijan Robinson, a Zachary Evans, you know, these, these young players, you start to see them come off the board for, for certain teams, third round, second round, they're already taking these guys. And what I say is it's crazy to watch how much value dip or gain, but let's focus on the dip that some of these freshmen have from year one to year two. Prime example, John Emery Jr. from LSU in Debbie Leagues last summer, People were, t- were were taking were taking this running back second round of Debbie leagues. Right now, in a in a Debbie startup, maybe the fourth or fifth round. You know what I mean? So it's it's you, you see these these these, le- these owners investing high draft capital in the startup in these unproven true freshmen. What are your thoughts on that strategy? I think you have to pivot to what what happens in the draft too, right? I mean, if the value is sliding, then grab the value. And then at the same time, like you know, that the recent one I did, the 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 one that I tracked for the video, I, I mentioned a, a specific example of it. That was an, a draft where all of a sudden, in that particular draft, way more than other recent ones I'd seen, the incoming freshmen started flying off the board. Those high five-star guys started flying. And I, I said, look, I, I want one of these dudes. So even though I still felt like I was in stage one, it was the sixth or seventh round, and, and I I, uh, I pivoted and I grabbed, I think it was the sixth round. I grabbed Jackson Smith and Jake Bader because I, I, I like that kid. I, I believe yeah. in him uh, as a prospect. And uh, so, you know, you got to react to what's happening in the draft. And if I didn't pivot there – then I wasn't going to get myself a five-star on my squad right. as an incoming guy. So you got to react to what's happening. And then I just got right back on my strategy in, in, in the next round, and I was I felt back on the horse. So, so funny story real quick, uh, and I won't name this prospect's name, but I was at Walmart last October where I live at, <laughs> and I ran into, it was late night, it was right after Halloween, or right before Halloween, I think it was the, the night before Halloween, and I had to get some damn candy uh, to hand out, and I ran into a five-star prospect who was currently enrolled at a P5 school, and it was like 11.30 at night, and he was with this girl, and they were buying condoms, and I was just like, smart young man, <laughs> smart smart young man, and I'll leave his name out of it, but just funny, and, and, and you're right though, you know, because... Uh, the, the, a part of C2C, man, it's having fun. It's getting mm. your guy. It's, right. I'm a USC Trojans fan, and damn it, I want Keenan Christian on my team. I want Tyler right. Vaughns on my team. A part, it, more so than on your traditional NFL side. Like, I don't care. I'm a Cowboys fan, but damn it, if, if it's between Amari Cooper and Tyreek Hill, I'm taking Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't it's, it, there's no loyalty. So, uh, a part of C2C is truly enjoying the process and kidding some of your guys. But I love how you broke down uh, how you draft in stages. And just like every plan, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to adapt to the board and the things that are happening. So I really like that philosophy. Now, there's, there's, there's also this aspect in mind. Because traditionally, we draft the college side. Well, what do you think? Do you draft the college side first or the NFL side first? More often than not, I've seen the college go first. I like the college to go uh, 
uh, I like doing the caller side first because then it, it's you could say either way. Like you could say build your NFL team and then see what you need to go hunt to replenish your squad, right? Or you can do it the other way. You could say, look, here's the guys that I feel like I I know I have, and I'm really confident they're coming to the league. Now that can inform how I build my team at the NFL level, you know? So, I mean, you could do it in, in, in both ways. And um, yeah, but that's, I, I can see it going both ways. I've seen it done, but I like to do the college first. Myself. Right. Right. And that's what I do. We do college side first. So with that being said, with the college side first, what I think you have to have in your mind is you almost have to have a plan in place on the NFL side, right? So on the collegiate side, if you were fortunate enough to have the 101 or the 102 and you take Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, you know that I've got a rock-solid quarterback prospect that's probably going to be joining my team here shortly. So that gives you a little more flexibility on the NFL side to say, you know, you could do one or two things. You can say, I'm going to absolutely crush quarterback and just be dominant at the position or it gives you the flexibility to say, you know, I don't have to take a quarterback in round one or round two because I know I've got a stud in Trevor Lawrence on the way. And, and I think it also allows it, it allows for that sort of planning. But you've my thing is you, you have to have a plan that doesn't mean you stick to it. That doesn't mean that is the only way that you can draft. So right now I'm in one. And I loaded up on 2021 eligible wide receivers, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, uh, Chris Olave, Jamon Osbin, Tutu Atwell. Of, of those guys, one of them is going to hit. You know what I mean? I know that For whether sure. it's Bateman or Olave, or I, one of those guys is going to fire at the next level. But I completely punted running back. And I know that in order for my team to be strong – when the NFL side starts up, I'm going to have to get some running backs. You know what I mean? Like, first round, I'm going to have to go running back. Second round, I may have to go running back. So what, what are you what, – what's sort of your play when you're drafting the collegiate side? Are you thinking ahead to what you're going to do on the NFL side, or do you just like, ah, I'll figure it out when I get there? Uh, I, To be honest with you, I'm more likely to react – or just my NFL plan. This is just me. I'm not saying it's the right way to do it. Right. I personally, I'm more likely to adjust my plan to what happened on the college side of things. Right. right? Like, like if I have the number one or number two pick and I can grab Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, then sure. Like I know from boom, from the first pick, I know that I have really informed my NFL team build on that. But I do kind of just adjust. To me, the most fun is the college part, to be honest with you. It's the, the college part is, is by far the most fun because I think there's more layers to these drafts than in any other traditional NFL fancy football draft, man. Like, like to me, like on top of just like thinking of, of, of the college draft, in stages, there's all sorts of like different little tangents you could go off on strategically. Like, like find finding those stealth players is the the most fun to me. Like hunting down those gems, right? Like, like the guys who have flown underneath people's radars. Who ha- you, who was out with injury last year? Find un- those dudes under the radar. Right? You you mean like Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards Elaire and Justin <laughs> exactly. Jefferson and Antonio Gibson and, and right? Denzel Mims? Is that what you mean? That well, that there's those for sure, right? Like the guys who are gonna break out. You want to figure out who's gonna break out. Uh, pay attention to vacated opportunity. Like who's gonna be the next guy for Jonathan Taylor, right? Is it gonna be Nakia Watson? Is it gonna be Jalen Berger? Who's gonna be? the next Alabama wide receiver to stand out. You know, they yep. already got two two really good ones back, but they run a three-wide set as their base. There's yep. going to be a really nice opportunity for someone there. Uh, who's going to be the next man up at Clemson with Justin Ross out? You know, Eno Benjamin just ate at Arizona State. He Talk ate up so him, much. Shaq. Of the, Talk of to him, Shaq. Talk you, you to him, Shaq. You know what I mean? Like, like, go and find those guys. Go and find Daniel and Gata and and, uh, and train them and 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 find those guys who are gonna be doing this stuff, you know, like um, and even to down to guys who sat out the year for transfer or suspension. Like my three guys, I, I bang the drum for are Kevin Austin, Devin Williams, and Asa Martin. Those are like real under the radar guys 
that I am really big on this year um, as guys who could break out because a lot of people just forgot about them. Right. And I, I think they're fascinating. And then it just gets down to even if you're in a C2C draft, <laughs> there are even some guys that are not in the system currently because there's an impending transfer. Like if it's a Justin Shorter or a Tariq Black that you could grab like really late in the draft just because people forgot about them. They're not there. One of you my can just do a placeholder pick. One of my favorites for especially for the collegiate side is Rial Mitchell, the transfer from Iowa mm-hmm. State, man. He is going yep. to be – he's going to Temple. He is going to be a, a college fantasy scorer. You know what I mean? It's yeah. and, but, but here's the thing, though. What you just said about some of those under-the-radar guys, some of these upcoming 2023 prospects, let's translate this back to the, the dynasty NFL side. If you've got a player that's been flying under the radar and you know – you know Daniel Ngata is coming out uh, in, in 2023. You can, dude, no one's thinking about, if you're able to trade for 2023 picks in your dynasty league, no one's thinking about players that are coming out in 2023. You can just start throwing, hey, let me get a 2023 second. Let me get a 2022 second. You know what I mean? You can start throwing those, those, those trade assets into current deals. And when it happens, if those players hit, when, when 2022 rolls around, you're sitting on five 2022 first, six 2023 first-round picks, <laughs> and you've got a shot to get the guy that you've already had your eye on for two or three years, man. Chess. Yes, Chess, yes. Man. Checkmate. Check fucking <laughs> mate. That's what it is, man. <laughs> um, it, it, and, and, that's what I, and that's why, whether it's Devi, whether it's C2C, I, I wholeheartedly believe if you want to be a better dynasty player, you don't listen. I, I think everybody should at least try it once. But even if you don't want to play in it, follow and pay attention to the people who do. Just you know, put a put a little follow that person. Uh, you know, bookmark that C two C ADP that you put out. Make sure you check out this person's Devi ranks just to give you an idea. Just to give you an idea of what's coming. Because it, it happens every single year, man. It's crazy how many people didn't even know who Jalen Rager was going into the season last year. And then right. once people catch on, it's too late. It's too late. Now that you caught on, it's, it's too late and you can't trade for 2020 picks. So I just think that some of the strategy uh, that's required within Devi and C2T, C2C is absolutely just outstanding, man. It's, it's fun. It's innovative. It is a lot of work now. It's a lot of work because you're running two teams. You're running two teams, but it's fun, man. It's it's fun. Any any thoughts on just just your overall feelings about campus to Canton leagues? Why people should try it out? Why people should follow those who do? Just 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 go off the cuff, man. It, it's it's the most fun you'll ever have in fantasy football. I I promise you that, right? Like I will say, like just like you said, you gotta try it. It seems really overwhelming, okay? I mean, look, my first league I joined was uh, not only uh, a C2C league. It was a C2C IDP league. Oh, so boy. it was full <laughs> IDP, man, right? And I had no other IDP leagues. And I just said, look, let's go. Let's do it, right? Like, let's figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll, you know, fake it till you make it. But but I didn't feel like I had to fake it very long because I figured it out. Like, that's what you do. It's not nearly as overwhelming, right? Like, people think it's it's going to take all this extra time that it kind of doesn't have to, right? A lot of C2C leagues don't have a lot of waivers, right? Like, like yep. for mine, I only got a couple weeks during the year that you're allowed to make, like, two waiver claims per year. That's how I do it. Right. There are others that have you, you can make up to like, you know, like the, that the IDP league. I mean, you, you can make up to 10 claims a year, um, but the Rosses are really, really huge, too. Uh, but there are but there's not like weekly waivers in the same way that NFL teams have. Right. So it's not as overwhelming in that sense. And realistically, you just have to set your, your lineup, you know, before the college games start that week, and you're going to be fine. I mean, yep. it's not nearly as difficult and overwhelming as people think. I promise you, if you try it, you will love it because it is so much fun. Check me on that. Like, you try it, and you tell me you don't love it. 
Look, I, 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 I'm sorry, man. I'll, I'll write you a sympathy card, but I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm not going to have to write out many cards because it's going to be a blast. You're going to have so much fun. I mean, like you said, it, there's there's certainly a little work involved. Like like it does. C2C rewards those who do the research. Absolutely. But it's fun research, man. Absolutely. It's like, like I was saying, man, you're not digging, digging ditches. You know, it's a blast. So the last thing that I want to hit you with is sort of a positional trend or a positional wave. And I want to get your thoughts on this because for some reason, man, for some reason, whether it's the NFL or the collegiate side, the position that we want to hit on more than anything is the tight ends. I I don't know why. I think George Kittle plays a big part of that. But, you know, the tight end position, if you have – there's such a there's such an advantage to having a George Kittle, a Travis Kelsey, a Mark Andrews. It, it, it really is an advantage in fantasy football to have one of those guys. So because of that, and because most of our leagues are tied in premium, where they're getting 1.5, maybe even two points of reception, where some players are only getting half a point or a point, we want to find tight ends. And after hell three it's a crapshoot after that you know what i mean realistically if if you don't get kill kelsey kittle or andrews i mean good luck you know any i mean jason witten i believe he was a top 12 tight end last year or close to it jason freaking witten so uh the the position that i see people and i don't want to say reaching for but really hammering early in c2c drafts it, it, over the past couple that i've been a part of is the tight end position. And for those of you who don't know, the 2020 class of tight ends were atrocious. Just not good whatsoever. I, I get it. Adam Troutman's got some talent. Harrison Bryant, maybe. But when you're looking at 2021, between Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, Brevin Jordan, Charlie Kohler, you got players like Brant Cuthy and Matt Bushman. And there's another guy from the University of Texas, Malcolm Epps, who just transitioned from wide receiver to tight end and probably five other tight ends that, I, that I'm not even thinking of. The position is loaded, right? Yep. But even still, it, it, they take two, three years to actually fire at the NFL level. Not all these tight ends come in doing what Evan Ingram and – Mark Andrews do as rookies. So what are your thoughts about drafting tight ends early in Devi and C2C? And let me tell you something. I got burned last year because Grant Calcaterra was my tight end one. He was my tight end mm-hmm. one. And yep. I mean, he ended up retiring. So I don't, I don't want to say it was like a complete miss. I didn't foresee that happening, but I know a lot of people who say, I don't even fool with tight end and Devi. Like I just, I'm right. not paying to hold. It's not even the cost of acquisition. It's the fact that you've got to burn a roster spot for two to three years before they actually fire. So with these 2021 tight ends and in C2C leagues, what's your philosophy on the tight end position? I feel like I'm a little bit different than some people. Cause I feel like that I don't on my typical Debbie leagues, I don't find myself often picking up tight ends in a typical Debbie league, but in C to C, I really enjoy making sure that I have what I feel like is a, is a very nice, solid uh, tight end lineup. I like researching them and finding them. And uh, I, I'm, I'm big on the, on the tight end position. Uh, I will say this, Ray, here's an interesting one. And this is where C to C, I think is a, it, it's just, it demonstrates in and of itself, this ADP. Okay, how it's different. Who do you think is the number one tight end in C to C ADP, Ray? Kyle Pitts. That is correct. Now, who do you think is the number two tight end in C to C ADP? I would say Pat Fryermuth. No, sir. All right, can I get another guess? Yes, sir. Uh, the number two tight end in ADP. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Eric Gilbert. Yeah, my man. I knew you were going to get it. I knew you were going to get it. Eric right? Gilbert, yeah. That's right. He is the highest. I mean, he is the only tight end in history to ever get the Gatorade National Player of the Year. He's the highest rated tight end in the history of 24-7 sports, beating out Greg Olson, who, who previously held that mark. Right, like this dude is that legit, and he's walking into LSU where they don't have any tight ends. They just shipped off Thaddeus Moss 
and Steven Sullivan wide open. He's going to start day one and he's going to play and he's going to smash and he's the dude. So, yeah, he's number two already. Cause, and that's the thing. Because in C to C, you can use them the whole time. Yeah. It's not like you got to wait on them. So it's not like that's a, it's, not, it's not like it becomes a discount. You don't need to wait on them. You're using them the whole way through. Man. All right. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. So far, your highest owned player. You can give me one or two. Or, or, or somebody that every C2C, every C2C draft that you enter, you are trying to walk away with this player. Who is that guy for you? Uh, DeMonte Coxie is like one of my dudes. Uh, so I'm always hunting for DeMonte Coxie. He's like my guy, that, you know, Memphis wide receiver. He yep. is still so much lower on people's boards because maybe he's not the biggest burner in the world, but – Look, he, he led – he's had 1,200 yards two seasons in a row. So he's got like an early enough breakout age. You know what I mean? Like a crazy yeah. dominate. He's led them in receiving for two seasons in a row, and he's back for a senior season. I mean, I think in some respects, like he may not have quite the speed, but uh, he's sort of like – I don't know. Just He reminds me a little bit of Mims going back for a senior year and, and that being fine for him as a prospect. I, I don't know that Coxie is uh, – has the speed that we want, but the dude gets open and he, he gets the job done. I really like him. He's like one of my favorite dudes. Him and uh, Diami Brown, which I, he's another guy I know. You love him too, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Diami Brown is like a dude I love too, man. I, I love him a lot. So uh, those are kind of like two of my, my favorite dudes. But uh, but but my, my low-key, like low under the radar, uh, if I can grab Kevin Austin as I want Kevin Austin, I think that guy's going to explode for Notre Dame this year. I really love him, but you can get him super late, I think, in many I, in many cases. I love both of those picks. One of the guys that I target in every CDC draft is Demetric Felton, the running back mm-hmm. wide receiver from UCLA. He's kind of that Swiss Army knife. He's not Tyreek Hill levels of fast, but he definitely uh, has that ability to sort of, you know, when Tyreek Hill started out, he was a return man. He he was a gadget guy out of the backfield, and then he developed into one of the top wide receivers in the league. But with no Josh Kelly back there this year, with DTR at quarterback, I think Felton is primed to really explode this season for the Bruins. So, man, I appreciate you dropping by, dropping some knowledge on us, dropping some crazy stats and facts on us. But please, please, please tell the people, Tell all my Destination Debbie fam where they can find you, your work, how to get in contact with you. If they've got questions about CDC, please, just just your time to just let people know where you're at and how they can get in contact with you. Well, first, it was an honor to be here, Ray. So thank you so much for inviting me and having me, man. It's, it's actually absolutely been a pleasure for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm happy to interact with anybody and talk CDC, talk uh, fantasy football. Anytime uh, at Dynasty Tools, you can hit me up there. Um, I got uh, Debbie Ranks at uh, DynastyHappyHour.com. Um, you know, we do Debbie Happy Hour and, and uh, all that, and, and I'm uh, participating, helping out with the Debbie team at uh, at the Dynasty Nerds as well. And you got a podcast too, right, man? You got a pod, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Dynasty Tools as well. Yeah, I forgot to <laughs> do my, my other podcast. Yeah, Debbie Happy Hour uh, is one of my pods. That I do, and then uh, Dynasty Tools is my original one, man. My shout-outs on my boy, uh, my boy Jim. Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate you dropping by, Destination Debbie, man. Thank you so much, Brian. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. That's the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode one more time for our guest, Brian Chacoches. Fantastic, man. This dude is leading this campus to Canton Wave, man. He is at the forefront of it. And the fact that he is already producing ADP on his own, I can't imagine how tedious that is. Make sure you give that man a follow. Give him a shout-out, pat on the back. And if you want more interaction with him, with myself, and other like-minded campus to Canton folks, make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash all gas. Campus to Canton Leagues, Debbie Leagues, Prospect Talk, all types of strategy things going on 24-7, the best damn Debbie Dynasty community in fantasy football. 
man, you guys, hey, have a great start to your week. Whatever obstacles are in your way, make sure you crush those down. Don't let those things be barriers. Go around those roadblocks, run right through them, but don't let them slow you down. We are hustling. We are motivating. We are keeping our feet on the ground and our eyes on the prize. I appreciate you tuning in. Man, y'all know what's next. Drop the music. 